Machado, the creator of our incredible banger of a theme song, uh, lover of frequent podcast, friend Paige Hughes, uh, other things. What 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 other things, Andrew? <laughs> hey, thanks for having me. Um, on top of that, I played Dungeons and Dragons. I nerd. am an accountant of the tax oh, super variety. Nerd. Yeah, this is gonna be. You guys are going to get to listen to a tax accountant's take on these romance novels. So, sit in, buckle up. This is going to be a this is going to be a bumpy one. What's what's incredible is, Andrew, I've been sitting on your book for months now, and I tailored this specifically to you. Like, oh. I really I really went deep. I really sacrificed. I experienced existential dread, the likes of which I've never experienced in all of my human days, uh, for you specifically. And this novel that we're going to talk about in a little bit has sat in my little like to be read uh, list thing in my my it's like a it's like a little uh, wheel on in my Amazon app um, for for many many moons now, and it's haunted me. And I'm I'm simultaneously really glad that I'm finally going to do it. And also I resent you very deeply for the fact that I did have to do it. So we're both going to have to navigate that from here on out. Yes. Well, it sounds like you sacrificed a lot. So the least I, I can did. do is hear you out. Yeah. Well, I mean, don't, don't give me too much credit. Um, but so the first thing I always ask somebody who's being on the podcast for the first time is how do you feel about romance novels? I, I have, First of all, I have no problem with them, and I would say probably enjoy them quite a bit. I, I, I'm not so much of the bookworm. I would say the longest sort of streak I've had of reading is when I was reading the Magic the Gathering novels. They have, I mean, yeah, <laughs> buckle up. <laughs> um, they have so many years and years of lore built in, mm. in the form of what were once paperback novels, and then... Uh, these e e novellas, and now in the mm-hmm. form of electronic, almost like blog posts, where they they mm-hmm. make these uh, posts where you can read the magic lore. And my favorite part uh, of of many of the moments in the books and and and, and all the lore I've read is when they throw a little romance in there, when they have a planeswalker fall in love with another one, or, or all right. Or, so so I I really enjoy it. I love a happy ending. I love true romance. I haven't mm-hmm. consumed very many novels dedicated to it, but I always love when it when it shows up in fiction that I that I do consume. Well, I you know what that's I I love to hear that I you know uh, it's the main conceit of this of this podcast right was that I was going to talk to my friends who do not read romance um, willingly usually, um, <laughs> but who 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 do kind of secretly enjoy it sometimes without even realizing it right mm-hmm. and to kind of break down their misconceptions about uh romance novels but also you know to to be silly and talk about all the silly things that romance novels have um so it is it's always fun to hear when somebody is self-aware enough to be like yeah i don't really read them but i do really like romance (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i've I've always loved it and and it it's something that never clicked super hard in my head uh until 
you know a little while ago i realized you know Mm -hmm. my favorite parts of these books are when when people fall in love and when people actually have a little bit of romance and and if it gets especially if it gets a little steamy that's always it's like oh you don't see that too often that's kind of refreshing well andrew a whole world is open to you now do you realize (laughs) that a whole a whole universe of novels a billion dollar industry has opened up to you uh how does that feel i feel complete well, I was going to say probably a little overwhelmed because it's really hard. I, I think one of the things that uh, most novice romance novel readers encounter is the sheer number of romance novels out there. <laughs> and they just go, oh, God, but where do I start? Yeah, I feel complete um, in a very existentially terrifying way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like realizing you're just a, a speck on a on a rock hurtling through space for the first time. Right. You know, you're just like, oh, I'm simultaneously very comforted by the fact that I am so, so small and unimportant, but also, oh. God, I'm so small and unimportant. But look at all this stuff I get to explore. There's so many things that aren't me. Exactly. I think you would really enjoy a lot of the romance novels I I enjoy. I think we have pretty similar tastes in terms of like, we both like a lot of magic. We like a lot of um, not too strenuous and overly dry, uh, like fantastical elements. Um, I, I don't know how you feel about, like, sci-fi, for instance. I, I, I feel like we probably would have pretty aligned tastes in sci-fi um, in terms of, like, I, do you like a pretty clinical sci-fi or do you like the more sort of Star Wars-y fantasy in space sort of situation? Yeah, I'm not as much of a consumer of sci-fi. I tend to lean more toward the, you know, the medieval fantasy type mm-hmm. of worlds. But um, when it when it does come to sci-fi... Yeah, I don't know if I have a, a refined enough taste to say. I enjoy Star Wars. I think I think it's fun, and I think it, you know that um, suspension of disbelief you just have to put in there to to yeah. to appreciate yeah. what they're doing. Um, I'm yeah. totally on board with that. So so I, I do enjoy sci-fi, but yeah, I'm not always going out of my way to to find it. Hmm. Well, that's I I think that you would enjoy the sheer wealth of. Um, uh, fantasy romance and, mm. and sci-fi romance. I think actually if you were to dip your toes a little bit into sci-fi romance, I have a feeling that you would enjoy it because it's very lighthearted mm-hmm. and, and not at all like a slog because it's ba- most of them just approach it in a very fantasy sort of way. I, that's why I think <laughs> I equate them in my head because it's very much like it's, it's you know, the like aggressively straight boy sci-fi <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's not it's not that it's a much more lighthearted look at it. And it's in, in the same vein of like the a lot of the romances, the the fantasy romance is is very lighthearted. And there are some that are that are much more um, in depth and serious. But for the most part, a lot of these novels or, or at least there are many, many, many novels like this that. Uh, are, don't take themselves too seriously, but the author cares enough about their magical systems and stuff to make it interesting, right? Like, for instance, um, we did an episode on orcs. Um, I did it with Kat, mm. my former manager, and I I encountered, like, a subgenre that I never in a million years thought would exist, but of course it does. Um, and it was, you know, specifically women, human women falling in love with orcs. And I was like, <laughs> how do you make that work, right? And you know what? I read some really interesting books that had some really fascinating magical systems and cultures that just these people had lovingly crafted 
to suit a love story, which is so, so cool. Yeah, that's um, that's nice. I like that. Yeah, so I, I think there are lots you enjoy. So hopefully you take my uh, recommendations more seriously than Paige does because she <laughs> never reads the books that I recommend her. You can tell her that. Oh, uh, but um, today, <laughs> all of that to say, we're not talking about, not we're talking about neither fantasy nor sci-fi. What? Yeah. What a build-up. Wait, hold on a second. What are we talking <laughs> about? We're talking about accountant romance. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it no. exists. It exists. And not only is it an accountant romance, Andrew, it's, mm. a, it's an accountant western. An accountant western. <laughs> yes. Yes. Wow. And I... Like I said, I had this sitting in my to-be-read stack, virtually speaking, um, for months. And mm. I kind of just picked it at random, if I'm being honest. I, I, I looked specifically for accountant romances, and I was shocked by the sheer number of books that came up, if I'm being honest with you right now. <laughs> oh, really? There were so many. <laughs> yeah. And so I kind of just like closed my eyes and put my finger on the screen and, and, and chose uh, that one. Uh-huh. And... um. I'm going to start off by saying that this book was fine. Ooh. Which should a scare you. Bar. A good yeah. a good nice low threshold. Came it in was at a fine. It was a decent read, but it it opened up a series of questions to me because I was I was I was kind of growing more panicked as I read it. Because I was like, oh, God, how am I going to make this a fun episode? <laughs> because this book is kind of just it kind of just is. Um, it's not bad. It's not earth-shatteringly good. It's got some parts that are questionable. And this whole time I was reading it, I, I thought I'd be more entranced by the accounting aspect of it. And I wasn't. I beg you thought you'd be entranced by the accounting aspect? <laughs> because, uh, listen, I was like, how the hell do they make this a plot point? And it's it's much lamer than I anticipated. Oh. It is it is a central plot point. I'll how say is... that. It is very central. Man. But, they made it yeah. lamer than you could have expected. It, yeah, the bar was pretty low, yeah. and it kind of, <laughs> yeah. But oh, man, no I had this, fine. I had this mounting sense of unease as I was reading it. Oh, I kept boy. feeling like something was off, and I, I was like, I, this book is three hundred and four pages long, <laughs> and I read it in one sitting. <laughs> yeah, but bad choices that's were made, um, but I put it off for a long time, so that's why. Mm. Um, and I, I had this mounting sense of unease, and I was like, "What is? What's wrong here? Something. This book has a bad mouthfeel. And what is it? What, what's what's causing that that feeling inside of me?" And I came to the end, and there was an author's note, and I realized that the tension I was feeling, this like strange sort of, it, it felt to me like a a man had written it. If that makes any sense, like I, I, there were parts of it that just didn't sync up with what I'm used to and the sort of perspectives I'm used to in romance novels written by women and people who identify as women. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, but it, but it is the author of today's book is uh, Aaron Wright, and and I was like, what, then what, what is this? What does she just like? Is this just a person who kind of doesn't like women? Because <laughs> that that exists, right? Someone who you know just kind of writes like how they feel. Um, 
who likes romance but doesn't necessarily like the women in romance, you know, that sort of thing. Right. Um, and then I realized I got to the end and I got to this author's note. And this author admitted that when she first published this book, um, although it was published under her name, it her husband actually wrote it. Ah. Uh, and he he had she goes on to explain that her husband wrote um he he'd he'd only read two romance novels in his life, <laughs> and then he decided to write a book. Oh, of course, he pretty yeah. much mastered it. <laughs> yeah, he's he's got it. Um, which I can respect because that's like me with any of my hobbies: is I paint one painting, and then I'm like, ah, this is it. I can do this forever. Or <laughs> I knit one scarf, and that's that's it. Um, but I I was like, oh, that makes so much sense because she then goes on to say that oh well they collaborated but they had a lot of issues with it so it was originally released in 2016 but she like sat in the back of her mind for a while so in 2018 she decided to completely overhaul it and republish it and she said about 25 percent of the book was the original work Oof. um which <laughs> which makes sense because i wasn't like again i felt this like mounting tension little by little where i just catch these like paragraphs here and there where things wouldn't quite line up right mm -hmm. and and the, the tone was different the perspective was different and it and it when i finally got to the end and i read the author's note i was like oh no wonder this feels off like a man who who doesn't read romance novels wrote 25 percent of this book yeah it's 25 percent <laughs> terrible and then she tried to save it yeah <laughs> yeah and it, i was like i don't know why you would ever like want to do that like i don't know why you would publish that you just let it I mean, go I, yeah. again it was it was fine the, the prose is fine the plot is you know contrived Obvi again it's a it's an accountant based western it's gonna be what it is right <laughs> the bar's not particularly no, high <laughs> yeah oh, but it it definitely it definitely felt strange and i noticed parts of it where like for instance i kept coming back to the fact that this main character uh the the man is is kind of a misogynist like oh, great. pretty bad yeah, yeah. Oh, like real casual um and it's like kind of played for laughs but it's not particularly funny Ooh. um but so that was that was the preface here. This is what I endured for you. So we're going to go on a little bit of a journey. And then I think we'll circle back around to talking about how, like, since you are yourself a storyteller, you love D&D, &D, you love crafting plots and with all these different characters with different perspectives and different races and sexualities and stuff like that, right? Mm -hmm. um, I, I thought it would be interesting if we could talk about how the male perspective, particularly in romance, can feel different and and how writers can maybe step out of that or step into it right so sure. but first we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about this silly little book let's do it so, let's get into it can you guess the title can you just kill me for a second can you just try and guess the title of this book guess the title it's an accountant based western romance novel written by a man mm. published under a published a under a woman's name <laughs> uh wow i'm I, I i'm not sure if it's, it's gonna include the word old like old wet old time or something with a saloon mm. oh i don't think i have a solid guess i just have a bunch of old old timey words <laughs> in my head 
Just got a bunch of change and lint rat- rattling around in your brain, huh? Yeah, the the old, uh, the, the old, uh, the, the prospector, <laughs> uh, the, old. the old, it's old and it's western, it's like an old, it's, <laughs> I can't, <laughs> I'm in, stuck in a loop, stuck in a time loop. <laughs> It's it's called accounting for love. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's so nice. <laughs> Colon a western romance novel, parentheses <laughs> Long Valley Romance Book One by Aaron Wright. Long Valley um, Romance. There are apparently a lot of books in this in this series. Um, okay. I shan't venture forth to read them. <laughs> um, not that I hated this book. I want to be clear. This book was was fine, and it's it's. It's a fun read. I laughed out loud at a couple points. Hmm. But as a writer, I felt a very strange amount of tension as I was reading it. So it ha- it hit me different than it might hit you. So I will be putting the link in the description, as always, for anyone to read it. If you don't want spoilers, come back to this episode after doing that. All right. All right. Moving on. So, uh, like I said, the book is 304 pages long, printed. Uh, it was originally published in 2016 and then massively reworked. She said she added, like... Uh, hold on here. I wrote it down. She added about 50% uh, of of the... So I guess it was originally like 150 pages, and she added another 150 pages. Wow. Um, yeah, which feels like just do a whole... It's a whole new just book at that make point. another it's book, just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like like totally rework it. If you're going to do that, you might as well do... I don't know. Um, Kit, I, I don't understand it, but... Um, so I wrote a, a quick little synopsis. Uh, because it was much, much shorter than the synopsis that she provides. Um, and let's <laughs> see how you, as as a man, as an accountant, as a human person who knows a little <laughs> bit about romance, feels about this. Oh, right. Um, a farmer about to lose his farm due to missed payments meets the hot banker slash accountant there to audit his business. He thinks she's there to steal his farm when really she's there to try and save it. And his heart along the way. Oh, wow. Yeah. How do you feel? How's that feel? How's that, how's that swishing around in your mouth? You know, rub it into your gums, really, um, ooh, really yeah. absorb it. That's, uh, let's see. Oof. Um, uh-huh. yeah. Okay. I'm going to have to get a little more information because the idea that someone coming, like an accountant, it, it typically it's your accountant. It's somebody that you hired to, to help you. So that was my thought. The, the, That's how I thought it worked. The idea that you're like, oh, my accountant's trying to steal my farm is, is I, <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? That's literally not their job. <laughs> so, okay. So it, it's explained in the book that um, he has missed his what's called a balloon payment. I don't know if that's actually a thing. Um, oh, it absolutely is. And I wish I could okay. remember what it is. Well, I, okay, well, you're farther ahead than me because I didn't, I was like, that sounds made up. But then again, I barely know how anything works as an adult. So who's to say? <laughs> um, everything I've learned, it's under duress and everything else I've closed my eyes to. But um, he, he has missed a huge payment. It's like a hundred thousand something dollars. And the bank is threatening to foreclose if he doesn't make the payment. He's going to take his farm and everything on it, yada, yada, yada. Mm. But the bank sends out this accountant to do an audit ostensibly he believes to basically to prove that his business needs to be foreclosed upon right Mm. um but she feels that it's her job to find some way to save it so she's looking for anything that can be sold to make the payment so on and so forth right sure um 
I don't know if that's in any way how it works, but that's the plot, dog. <laughs> yeah, I mean, certainly, uh, I do think that's reasonable. I don't, I don't do much in the audit world. I'm definitely on the tax side, and they're they're very different. To confirm, a balloon payment is just when you repay whatever is left of the loan because it's come due. It's just, hey, you know, now you owe a balloon payment, all the interest, everything, just pay it up now or else. (laughs) So it's like the last of of like the loan. It's like paying off your mortgage. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, Um, well, that that's not ever addressed. It's just like it's not addressed that he's like paying off his farm and then the farm will be his. Like, I feel like that would be an important thing to address in this. Yeah. That the idea is that they're trying to repossess it. So obviously his goal should be keeping it. (laughs) forever and if that's not a major plot point that's kind of weird but i could see you know it certainly does make sense for a bank to hire uh somebody to sort of evaluate the farm they would typically take inventory they would make Mm -hmm. sure that that um their financial statements are in order and that what they're claiming is true is actually true because the bank Mm -hmm. is going to assume oh this farmer is going to be over inflating his income and all sorts of things to try to prove he can he can pay this off and we want to make sure he's not lying but Typically, you would need more than one person to be doing large inventory on a farm, and especially if you have to be able to um, value livestock. And also, I mean, this yeah. is this is usually a team of auditors. So I guess it's the old west. So they only had one one local accountant who counted well, it's all the not pigs. the old west. It's just Idaho. It's just oh, wait. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> what, yeah. What year does this take place in? It takes place in 2016. Oh, come on! <laughs> it's, just, it's just Idaho. It's they, call just I- they call it its Western theme because it's in Idaho. <laughs> yeah. We had our well, local accountant, the only one for 600 miles. Yeah. <laughs> and the. <laughs> It's called Intermountain Bank. Intermountain um, Bank, because it's the only yeah. one between that mountain and that mountain. I yeah, I mean, I guess, dog. I don't know, man. <laughs> I, my mom lives in Idaho these days. I don't know if it's really the old west out there. It could be. I heard um, they're just getting internet. Yeah, that's <laughs> possible. I <laughs> um oh well, it's, so it is in this melange mm. that we encounter the romance which <laughs> fantastic i don't know if that sounds like a, a, a situation just ripe and ready for romance to you so, it doesn't yeah not getting it so far so far it, it feels like uh, uh th- this sounds like the setup for a lecture about auditing <laughs> yeah <laughs> So, so I'm I'm gonna introduce the characters now because I feel like we've done a lot of good setup here, um, including talking about how it's the old west, but it's not the old west. <laughs> so, the main character, the main uh, our heroine here, our female lead, is Jennifer. Jennifer. Uh, spelled she's she she goes by Jen, but she spells it with two N's, which sure be different. Yeah, go for it. It's fine. It <laughs> it's fine. I guess. Um, <laughs> Um, so I wrote a quick character synopsis mm-hmm. that will baffle you because I was myself baffled, but let me finish, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, before before you jump in, let, let, let me just finish okay. this because oh. it's not going to get better if you That's if great. you stop me. Got it. Uh, hot nurse turned accountant recently, out of a bad relationship, sent to audit the Miller farm. She's apparently a survivor of emotional abuse, but it's weird. 
Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, you weren't kidding. Okay. Yeah. Hot nurse recently became an accountant, so likely not a CPA, not certified yeah. in any way. Just re- just became an accountant from yeah. Uh, who fucking knows? And and uh, she's only twenty four. She's only twenty four. Recently out of a bad relationship. Sounds like with a doctor that she put through medical school by nursing. Oh my. Oh my. Mm-hmm. Well, so mm-hmm. okay, so I'm presuming she's a terrible accountant. Like the, if if she's somehow a really good accountant, I need an explanation for that. I mean, that's never addressed. I mean, she she <laughs> the, I mean, theory I guess she I mean, she saves the day, spoilers, but like mm. I mean, that it doesn't appear to be a matter of accounting. It's just her kind of looking through stuff and finding something that he hadn't sold yet. Um, which doesn't feel like it takes a whole heck of a lot of skill. But, you know, I also I don't know how any of this works, so maybe it maybe it do. I, I don't know. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about the, our male lead now. Okay. I'm gonna have you try and guess again what you think his name is. His name? I'm thinking. I keep. I, I want to say John or Paul mm-hmm. or something. Mm. Some, something real, just basic. Mm-hmm. Something that screams potato farm in the middle of nowhere. My, mm. This is, I am the tenth of my name. <laughs> <laughs> His name is Stetson. Oh! <laughs> Got it. Totally wrong. Back it up. Okay, I apologize. I was very presumptuous. That you was, were so reasonable was... and so cute. How reasonable you were. Very sweet. Very naive. <laughs> oh. I beg your pardon. Stetson? Oh. His name is Stetson. Oh, Stet like is that an E or an I? It's it's a, it's a Stetson. It's as it's with an E. And, you know, it's Stetson. He wears a Stetson, and he is oh. he is a Stetson. Yeah, oh. yeah. Uh, Stetson wow. for non-American listeners is a cowboy hat. By the way, it's oh, a yeah. brand. Oh. <clears throat> I think I think it's a brand. It's also probably a style. Anyway, I don't know. Uh, so he <laughs> is he is. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, dang. Um, He's a misogynistic farmer, baby of his family, that recently lost his dad to cancer and missed his payment because of medical bills. Uh, Wow, wow, very sad. Oh, my. Yes. You just slid the misogynist right in there. Yeah, I did. I did. And, you know... Since we're since we're addressing that here, um, I'm gonna I'm go- I am gonna address that because I, I highlighted some really choice nugs mm. um, from the first fifty percent of the novel, which to to spoil things just a little bit. Um, obviously, they get off to a bit of a rough start, right? Sure. Their meet cute is um, Stetson is standing in his father's slash grandfather's slash now his office. Uh, and he's staring down at the the letter that says the bank requires his payment within 31 days. It has been 31 days, and they are going to send a, a banker, accountant, Jen, uh, mm. to to come do the thing. Well, he is very hostile because he believes that uh, they are going to come take his farm, and uh, he starts kind of talking out loud about how he's going to tell that no good rat banker to, you know, put it where the sun don't shine, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, she's standing right there behind him with his housekeeper. Uh. Um, and he is mostly bowled over by the fact that she is a woman. 
Well, of course. You don't get many yeah. women accountants in these parts. You know, women can't count, which I, I understand his confusion. Just notoriously, we, notoriously bad with these debits and credits. We can't, you know, numbers, um, <laughs> ca- calculators, uh, um, you know, all, all them all them buttons and, and the, the ledgers with the red pen and then the black pen. Man alive. Uh, my oh, poor yeah. little wee female brain just does really struggle yeah. uh, to comprehend it. I mean, um, a- accounting requires a very rudimentary knowledge of basic arithmetic, and I-, I don't blame women for not even bothering. You know, it takes so much testosterone to, <laughs> to be able to comprehend numbers. It's true. It's right, true. Right, uh, yeah. And and the very idea of, of a woman uh, coming to steal his farm really just, oh. it, it just grinds his, his gears there, don't you know? Oh, I know. Um, uh, <laughs> it so happens to me all the time. Sorry. <laughs> he, page two, <laughs> pushing papers around was for pansies, people who couldn't hack it out with their real men. Mm. Page five. That piece of shit bank president sent in a woman to do his dirty work? Is he hiding behind your skirts? Huh? Why doesn't he come in here like a real man and face me? Uh, which, by the way, if you're wondering what my uh, my note was on that, it was simply, so he's a bad one. Right. <laughs> Got it. Page four. Yeah. Just, yep. br- just yep. driving it past home. This guy's Page a 12. <laughs> After laying down the law with that no good female banker, trailing off. Mm. Yep. Mm. Uh, page mm. twenty eight. He was a man. Men didn't hide from women. He's hiding in a barn. <laughs> page sixty two. <laughs> I will not let some female steal my farm. Ugh. The yeah. nerve. The nerve. Page one sixty eight. Females didn't tend to understand the intricacies of male relationships. Like male, uh, male, male relationships? Yeah, I guess. Like, I, I mean, I could understand that if, if, yeah. he's, if he is saying, you know, you're a woman, you just can't understand my homosexual relationship with this other man. It's just. Well, uh, it's he was personal. talking about his brothers, but oh, oh, yeah, oh, go off. Well, sorry. I, you know what? <laughs> Once again, I'm just going to presume things that are wrong <laughs> yeah. for the next 30 yeah. minutes, and uh, and we'll go I from mean, there. You're going to presume things that are much more interesting than what we will actually encounter. <laughs> uh, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> y- you know, it's it's again the book isn't terrible, but I kept encountering these moments where I was like, "Did a woman write this?" <laughs> yeah, because some of the things like don't feel like. It felt weirdly, I don't know, like, I, I can't put really to words what tipped me off that this wasn't quite right. But I, I want to say it's, like, a couple of things like that, right? Where, like, this kind of casual misogyny, it either sounds like a 15-year-old girl's writing this, how she thinks grown men talk. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Or this is an actual man describing how he thinks men in romance novels should talk or cowboys should talk. Yeah. I, guess, I was, was going to say, I bet sometimes it just seems a little too real or yeah. too, yeah, a like, little bit like that felt, that felt way too natural for you to just throw <laughs> that in there. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so yet, I wasn't at yeah. all surprised. Yeah. Oh. To, to see that it was, it was partially written by of a man. Course. 
Um, Hmm. I wish I could better articulate why exactly, like aside from this like weird tension. And I, that does happen sometimes when you have two authors, like their, their like syntax and their, their like, their prose varies just slightly enough that like you can kind of, you can kind of feel it like a little, like a little bit of sand in your shoe. Oh, sure. Um, I can imagine. That's really hard to truly imitate someone else's style, especially if you're trying to save so much of a book. Um, I will say, um, I, an episode I did with Paige about um, uh, Tiffany Roberts, a a husband and wife duo who write a lot of alien romance. Hmm. Um, they they just came out with a new book, by the way. Um, eh, while I'm here, I should plug it. Oh God! Oh, 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 go so fast! Oh. oh, it's okay. That's all right. I got plenty I of time. Go. No. I got plenty. I'll just sit here and think about twiddle your thumbs. Accounting. And how I oh. really thought this was going to be just some backwater saloon with like one horse town, where they you actually wish. do all the books by hand. And I was, I was, I was excited to see how they how they thought accounting was done in the old days. But nope, it's just four years ago. <laughs> and in Idaho, those are the old days, though, for real. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and that might as well have been a hundred years ago. For all that, it's the same. You yeah, know, sure. like I... <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> uh, so. Tiffany Roberts just came out with a book called Claimed by the Alien Bodyguard. Um, it's Christmas-themed. I stayed up all night reading it. It's fantastic. Get it. Mm. I'll put the link in the description. Um, but they are a couple that has, um, a, like, wonderful synergy. I could not, for the life of me, find a single point where I was like, oh, I can tell someone, like, there are two different people writing these books. Oh. Um, and I and I look because, I'm you know, I'm nosy like that. Mm-hmm. Um and and they they do it wonderfully. This was not done perfectly in sync. And I think it's because she like she does complain in the in the author's note at the very end about how like he wanted to talk about farming equipment like way more than he should have and he mm. had all this stuff and this stuff and she cut it all and it it sounded like they they she said how how they argued about the book for a long time and mm. I was like this man didn't sound like it was fun to make and or write, or like in any way, like I don't. Again, why would you put this book out? I don't know. Yeah, um, if you're not on the same page, you cannot write with the same voice. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, and and it. She she goes on to say that like she really is proud of the characters, and she very much loves the characters, which mm-hmm. I did feel. I felt like these characters were at points very well developed not always and i think that's kind of where the disconnect is coming from so like when i said that um jen had an emotionally abusive relationship mm-hmm. it it kind of comes out of nowhere and and it felt strange simply because as like they're only together for like a week by the way this whole book takes place over a course of really like a handful of days Ooh, okay um and we've we don't see at any point prior to them kind of becoming physically intimate that her ex is anything more than just kind of a shitty ex like he's not like he texts her when he's drunk and that's about it and you know he's the reason that she left nursing and she went on to become an accountant i guess <laughs> um really really super fast um <laughs> you know is sending her to do a solo audit on a farm 
And she's been and accounting she, for like a year or two, I guess. Yeah, she like she does. This is what she does. She goes to farms exclusively, which is why she's perfect for this. Like she oh. knows like what the going rate for cattle is, for instance. <laughs> like that's a whole part of the book. Wow. Um, <laughs> she's a she's just an accounting prodigy, I guess. I suppose. Incredible. Um, uh, but I I. It was interesting to me that, like, I think one of the things that tipped me off that a man was kind of the one who was guiding the conflict of the story was that all of a sudden they are going to have sex for the first time. And she, like, explodes on him as soon as he, like, takes her shirt off and and he, like, compliments her on how beautiful she is. She freaks out and is like, don't lie to me. I know I'm not beautiful. I know my tits are so small. He, My ex-boyfriend used to say my tits were so small all the time. It was just out of oh. left field and deeply, uh, like, uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, so- I had to go downstairs and make myself some hot cocoa after that. Like, <laughs> I had to stop. Saddle up for round two. Um so, so just to get give it a better picture of this, is this written just from a third person perspective, or is it from one of their perspectives? Um, so it's from both of their perspectives, but it is in the third person, but it's like limited third person. Okay. Um. So, so we uh, about every other chapter is from from uh their perspectives. Yeah, that seems like there could have been plenty of moments to have internal mm-hmm. monologues or something mm-hmm. leading up to that to give the impression that the effects that this ex had on her were more than just. Uh, here's a text again, and then what's that's it. it. <laughs> what's interesting is neither of them are almost, like, ever described. So oh. with with this idea that, like, if she has these really severe body issues, right? Mm-hmm. Um, That would never leave her head, right? It would be kind of in the back of a person's mind constantly. If, if you are so, like, insecure with your body because someone has made you that way through emotional abuse, that would never really go away. At every second of every day, you'd kind of have a lingering thought in the back of your head that, like, oh, God, like, is he judging me because of, like, how I look? Is he, you know, oh, I, I know that I'm ugly. Like, the body language would be different if, if it's as severe as it's implied it is, right? Sure, yeah. Um. But on top of that, we never get an actual description of either of them. Not in the first chapter when they're introduced and hardly at all in the subsequent chapters when they're like being physically intimate. Mm. I don't even know what Jen's hair color is. What? I, I know what his I know what his hair color is. His <laughs> hair is brown. Great. <laughs> and that's it. He's like 6'2 and his hair is brown and he's got I think brown eyes, I think, maybe. Uh, I don't quite remember. I All I know about Jen is that she's really, really small and oh. has small boobs, apparently. Apparently. Um, yeah, I guess the, um, maybe the implication there is that the reader is supposed to be able to insert themselves in the story somehow. But but if, you, if, the, if a whole plot point is going to be mm-hmm. one person having body issues, the least you can do is describe to, to the audience what, what her body <laughs> yeah. looks like. Yeah. You know, what she might yeah. be focusing on and... and and you know maybe throw in ahead of time some kind of concern that she has and is voicing in her head but yeah just throw that out (laughs) he's so clearly admiring her body right like he's instantly attracted to her despite his better judgment right Mm, of of course um uh so there are so many instances where it could have been like oh you know she she thinks she catches him checking her out but no 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 that can't be right because she's hideous right right um like it there, it could have been there, and it wasn't. Oh, and it I, wasn't. I thought. I, were, oh, yeah. No, that would have been so no. easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I wonder. Part of me does wonder if that has anything to do with 
the fact that this book kind of started out being primarily written by a man. Mm. Um, Maybe not. You know, it's entirely possible that that, you know, was just something that she added and it's, you know, it's her writing, you know, Um, I don't know. But that does seem like a particularly male thing to do. I feel like women are want to describe physical characteristics um, probably more than they should, Uh, (laughs) at least in my experience. Right. Like they talk about the clothes people are wearing and they talk about how they smell and, and, you know, what choices they make with their hair, stuff like that. That that's a very common thing for women to notice in my experience. Right. so it's interesting to me. And again, I have no, I'm just, it's pure speculation. Like I, this book is like a thorn in my brain. Cause I'm just like, there's no way for me to know, but I wish I knew. Right. It's just some kind of confirmation. Yeah. That, I mean, that does seem like a, a male perspective view on, on something where it's like, you know, it's, it's not relevant until it's a problem. You know, mm-hmm. she's not going to bring mm-hmm. it up until it's exploding in his face. And, mm-hmm. and it's something that he wouldn't even bother to notice ahead of time. Um, mm-hmm. so it, it, so because the, I don't know, cause the man's not noticing it, it's not relevant to the story, yeah. <laughs> I guess. Like some, even, even when it's from her perspective, yeah, right? Even, yeah. Like, even though half of it's from her perspective that, you know, it's not relevant until he notices it, I guess. Or yeah. like he forgot he or she, whoever, whoever, whoever wrote that they. concept, they, yeah, they wrote it, they wrote it in as that major plot point, but didn't bother to go back and. I don't know, lead up to it. That's like shore it up just like a little, just a like little. anything. Just, just mention it once instead. Yeah. You know, that's like this like just 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 throwing random information out there just because you realize, oh shit, I forgot. Um also uh yeah, <laughs> Also she hates, hates her, her body. body. Yeah, just hates it. I totally forgot to mention that two hours ago, but uh just know that now. Like this is a book. You could have written that in. <laughs> You could have, like, one little line somewhere. Right. Like, in the first chapter of her perspective, we could have gotten, like, boom, one little nug in there and we would have been set. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, it, it is what it is, right? This Again, this is an accountant romance. It's an accountant Western romance set in Idaho in 2016. I'm not going to, you know, harp on craft necessarily. Sure, sure. Um, but it, it it kind of at certain points it did kind of cheapen the the romance because it was like I never kind of knew where these people were coming from. Um, but sometimes I felt very connected and I and I was into it and you know I don't read books that I don't at least enjoy a little bit, mm-hmm. right? So I I didn't hate this book. I I, I blazed through it. I had to t- take my cocoa break where I had Lucky Charms marshmallows in it and that was <laughs> atrocious. And then I came back upstairs and I finished it and that was that. But like. It wasn't like Flame in the Flower, which took me, I don't know, like two weeks to read because it was so horrendous. Um, but I, I I definitely, I don't know if, if this is my instinctual sort of recoil from like contemporary romance or if this is just this book, but like. I also like sometimes was like a little bit like bored. I was like, when is the magic going to come in? Like mm-hmm. when? <laughs> what is like anything? You're right. <laughs> is like, is someone gonna have horns? Like, is right. somebody when's gonna like, like cast the, a curse? The star I don't know. Gonna fall and land in the farm and, and yeah. What's an star alien to like pay off the loan? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Fucking> anything. <laughs> I so I did like this part though. That so one of the things that you get in the novel is that um. Jen suspects that her bank has kind of ulterior motives for pushing her really hard to foreclose, Mm. Um, which 
okay. I don't know if that's how that works, but okay. Um, but she she discovers that they want to sell the land to a real estate developer to make it into a ski resort. I don't know if banks do that. Oh, but I mean, well, I if the bank comes into ownership of the property, then they can they can do what they want with it. Typically, it does I get guess. sold for for much less just so that they can cover some costs. But if they have a buyer lined up already now, that is a, a horrible conflict of interest and would not be yeah. even remotely permissible for the person that is hiring you to perform an audit to be pushing you and pushing you to try to find any way that you can do to find the result that they want. That is mm-hmm. explicitly against every ethical rule of auditing, which is to just hey, find see, a reasonable, accurate representation of what's actually If going. you're a prodigy and you never went to college or whatever, right, then like, correct. who's to say? <laughs> yeah, come, but you came out of, you came, you came out of having the Hippocratic Oath, do no harm to the people, and now this bank is saying, could you do some harm to this guy for us real quick? We want to make a million dollars selling this to, this to make it a ski resort. She's like, yeah, sure. I'm an accountant now. Well, I don't care. So I've like watched too many Hallmark movies against my will. I, will, <laughs> I should add um, that like the, the plot revolves around like a real estate developer like mm. swooping in to kind of like steal a farm, right? So I was, I kind of expected this to be where this was going to go, right? That mm-hmm. like he, he actually was going to sell his land himself and like start his own ski resort or something like that was going to be the twist right this is how he's going to save his 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 joint right because like it but it was kind of a red herring which i appreciated because it turns out that how she discovers a way to save his farm is that um stetson (laughs) has been hoarding his like wheat that he he harvested earlier in the year and She's like, if you sell these like 30,000 units of wheat or whatever the hell, um, you will make the payment and more if you sell it at like the base market price, like y- you will have plenty of money for this. And and he like it's it's simultaneously the like the climax, like she's figured it out, everything like they're going to make it. And also the breakup beat. Do you know what the breakup beat is in romance novels? I I would presume it's the moment where you think the conflict between them is so severe that they're going to just separate and never actually stay together. Am I right? Yes. Yeah, it, it is. Sometimes it takes like the form of them just being separated, like somebody gets kidnapped, somebody gets sick, somebody gets shot, uh-huh. you know, stuff like that. Gotcha. It's it's just the it's the downbeat before we rise up again, right? It's to sure. make the climax of the book seem more potent and more joyous. Sure. And so this was like an interesting kind of conflict of that where we had simultaneously like the joy of, oh, she figured it out. And we kind of, as a reader, are like, ah, yes, I also figured it out because I was there. Yes. Satisfaction. <laughs> um, mixed with he immediately flips out on her and is like, no, I won't sell it. I won't do it. I'm going to sell it for, for like he wanted to sell it for way, 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 way above market market price. And if he couldn't sell it for that, then he was not going to do it. Oh, and boy. he... He f- totally flips on her and is a huge dick after, like, you know, becoming a good person, I guess, um, <laughs> over the course of their, like, very, very brief relationship. And we find out that it's because it was his dad's last crop and his dad's last wish was that he sell this wheat for $9 a bushel instead of $6 a bushel. <laughs> That's a real nice request, Dad. 
but I'm going to lose the fucking farm. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, it's, like, wild. Like, I don't, I, okay. And he, like, he really goes, like, off the wall. He's so, oh. so mean to her. And and all because of like three extra dollars, right? Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, and, I guess if this is a huge quantity of wheat, I understand why it could make the difference between just barely paying off the farm and becoming extremely rich. But if the alternative to that is losing literally everything and having to drag yeah. this wheat around in in bags for the rest of your life until it goes <laughs> bad and you can't even get the base price for it, then yeah. maybe just sell the goddamn wheat. <laughs> You'll have more wheat next year, probably. Right. Like, if, I don't know how farming works, but probably. If you still have a farm anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like his, it's been his, like, family's farm for, like, three generations, too, by the way. Like, if he loses it, it's he fucked up really bad. How is it not paid um, off after three generations? How much is this land to, worth? Is there, like... Who's to say? Is there, is there like, three <laughs> acres of oil underneath it? What the hell? They've been paying off this this house for three generations. That's so many years. What, a, what mortgage know. do they take on that? I mean, I guess because like they probably keep expanding, right? And like, I suppose like buying new equipment and yeah. and you know getting more land and I like I kind of get it. I mean, I know that. I mean, I come from part of my family is farmers in Minnesota. My mm-hmm. my grandpa um comes from German farmers, and they um. I know that a lot of times they never pay off their generational loans because they just keep having to upgrade their equipment and it gets more and more expensive every year. So I, I kind of understand it, I guess. I guess But that's the idea, better. if I we're mean, combining it with like the balloon payment, right? He's he, he's this close to paying it off completely, I guess. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah, that's it. I mean, I, I can, you know, that's fair. I can understand operating out of debt that just kind of keeps accumulating. You have to keep, keep refurbishing things and and mm-hmm. you get close to paying it off and then you can't so you, you take out a second mortgage or whatever you're doing but yeah the the thought that you know he has this crazy opportunity to end the debt and to literally uh-huh. just operate at a gain going forward uh-huh. if he can just uh-huh. keep the farm running um yeah if you could just sell this wheat that's been sitting in a silo sell, yeah that's not gonna last forever it's only <laughs> no. gonna get less valuable yeah. These are not these are not Gen One Pokemon cards. No. Nope. You can't just or hang on babies. to them for thirty years and then make make fifteen thousand what they're worth. A silo of Pokemon cards. <laughs> now now I've that I would my understand. Crop. If he had a silo of Black Lotus <laughs> Magic the Gathering original prints, I would completely oh, understand. Oh, this geek shit. Oh. <laughs> just hang oh, on. Just man. hang on. Hang on until you can get the best price that you can. Oh, my God. I, you know, yeah, I guess that's, I mean, maybe that's that's what it felt like to him. I don't know. Poor Stetson. He's <laughs> simple in the head. He, he doesn't know the difference between wheat and Pokemon cards. He just cards. wants to sell his daddy's wheat for a good price. You know, he can't ask that much of him. It was his daddy's last wish. His, you can't blame a man. daddy's last wheat. <laughs> no. no no I, um, so yeah. so that was like i said the breakup beat and mm. and jen uh flees in in tears and she heads back to the big city of boise mm. and um resumes her life and and she must submit the report that since he will not sell the wheat she must recommend that the bank foreclose oh no so sad oh no um and then, of course, the minute she sends the email, it 
in walks Stetson into her office with a with a bouquet of roses, and he and he he says, "Ah, oh, darling, I'm so sorry. I did, I I did bungle it. Oh, he I bungled did. it. He bungled it so good. He he, he real he real did bungle he it. Made a rat mess. Uh, and and you know tips is he tips Stetson tips is Stetson. Tips is Stetson. <laughs> Lady. And just kind of like rubs the Tobis cowboy boot into the cheap <laughs> carpet of the bank's office, and just kind of goes, "Oh, darling, looking, I'm so sorry." Looking right sheepish. Yeah, yeah, just he, you know, he did make a big old mess of this corral, didn't he? <laughs> oh God, <laughs> he's just a simple farmer um, boy. Don't know nothing about so- male female relationships. <laughs> Oh, it's so sad to be to be a real man who has to apologize to a female. Oh, to a female, oh. to a skirt, no less. Oh, Unbelievable. God, my God. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but he so basically she makes him to her, her estimation grovel, which is to say actually apologize. Right. Um, which is which is groveling for men. Yeah, it it is. It really is. Um, he has to. He's like he's like spitting out blood as he's doing it. It's like killing him. It's hemorrhaging. Um, <laughs> but but you know he, she's like I'm so sorry. I I just sent I just sent the email saying that they should foreclose. Like, uh, you're gonna lose your farm. And he's like, oh well, don't worry about it. I already dropped the check off because I sold the wheat. Wow. Um, so yeah. fast. And he, he sold the wheat for for twenty cents over market price, which mm. incredible, amazing. That's an important detail. A nice, uh, just a nice compromise. Mm, yeah, <laughs> twenty cents. Uh, okay. Glad they didn't have that typical stop that email and go running through the streets trying to catch I the wish email they before had. it reaches the bank. <laughs> they just do the thing where they like throw the computer monitor through a window, thinking that'll stop yeah. it. <laughs> there we go. All taken care of. We can go back to the farm now and roll in my daddy's wheat one last time. <laughs> breathing it a little. Yeah, breathe in uh, before they pick it up. Uh, but uh, I so I you know I didn't mind the conclusion of, of the story really that much, except like I thought that this was the end oh. because it sounds like it's the end. He's apologized. Like they're gonna. You know, they're going to get there happily ever after. Um, they're going to continue on, like, exploring this relationship that they've just started, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe he's going to invite her to come back to the farm with him so she can help with his accounting and, like, leave her terrible job that she hates. You know, okay. I, I kind of had already mentally filled in what was going to happen <laughs> right. by the time he, like, finished his apology. Big mistake. Um, yeah, it was a big mistake because then he proposes. Whoa. So fast. Now, it's important to note that this is a man who has already been left at the altar once before. So the idea that he then proposes to this woman he has only known for a week. And who he's only liked for half of that, maybe. Less. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, considerably less. (laughs) Um, I... I'm a romantic, but even that was stretching my incredulity just like a little bit, Um, you know, but okay, I guess. I don't know. Like, okay. Yeah. I've read this whole book. It's fine. You know, okay. <laughs> um, so so she accepts, of course, and she immediately quits her job. And then we, like, skip to the epilogue, which is 
him kind of being a dick where he's like she's trying to plan this big wedding for some reason like she's she's so like frazzled she's got books everywhere and pamphlets and everything you know the, the typical like cliche wedding planner scene right. right and she's so stressed out and he has just come in from the fields in the evening and it's harvest time and he he blows her off because he's like listen this is the harvest i, I can't help you with this like i'm so so busy i'm just gonna be like sleeping out in the barn for the next few weeks um, and she's like crying because she's so stressed out and he's like, babe, I don't know what to, I don't know how to help this. I literally cannot not do this. <laughs> you know, like, right. I'm sorry. This is my, our entire livelihood. Um, and it's presumed that they've only, only been together like a, a month at this point, by the way, like if wow. the book, if the original story takes place in like July, this is like August, September. Cause they're planning to get married and like. She, she's pushing to get married in December slash October. That's, and he's like, that's a terrible that's time. That's the worst. That's a terrible time. That's like not good for so many reasons. The least of which yeah. that everything leading up to the wedding is the farmer's busiest time of year. When they make all of their money. Yeah, of course. You're marrying a yeah. farmer. I mean, you know, yeah. he's being kind of a dick and he is the one who just asked you to marry him on the fly. But maybe just be fiancés for a little while. Like, a little bit of common sense. Just, like, a little bit. Um, well, it turns out that the reason she's pushing so hard and why she's freaking out is because she's just discovered that she is pregnant. Ah. Uh. Yeah. So these people who started out absolutely hating each other, um, who we don't even know what they look like, um, <laughs> brown hair, had a brown breakup eyes. beat over wheat. Uh <sighs> are getting married within the span of like a couple of months realistically and also now pregnant so this book was a whirlwind yeah i mean you, they hit all the accounting beats i'm i'm satisfied as a t- there were so many accounting beats andrew like i skipped so many of them but like there were so there was so much accounting in this <laughs> was there really yeah, there was. There was a lot. There was a lot of, like, paper organizing and, like, calls to the bank and then, like, uh, her, like, trying to go through, like, the assets to figure out, like, what they could sell. And it was just, like, very granular. And I didn't I didn't hate it because I was, I was, like, at this point, I was, like, invested and I was interested. And I was, like, how the hell are they going to save this farm? I don't know how, like, farms work. Right. So, like, okay. Um, and, but, like, for real, there was, like, a lot of accounting and there was a lot of farming. Oh. That's, I mean, cool. I, I don't, I, I guess they're using that Would term Would I call it liberally. a Western? Yeah. Uh, mm, mm, mm. yeah, I mean, I guess Western, uh, whenever you say Western, you think old Western. Y- yeah. Your mind doesn't go to some state in the Midwest at any point in time. So no. I guess the fact that it's on a farm... I, I guess. I mean, I, does I, Idaho I, even count as like? I guess it's west. I, it depends on where you're looking from, but like, yeah, it's it's yeah. I mean, it's in the territory where you think of the west. It's but, attached to Washington, I suppose. Like it's there. It's there. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the, the, what I'm thinking of is like you know, in 2016, ninety probably ninety percent of this woman's job is just going to be sitting in front of a freaking computer moving numbers around and trying to figure out what's worth the most money and the is the least vital to this to this farm it's not going to be her walking around pointing at could you sell that no could you sell that no 
What about this huge silo of wheat that you haven't touched in years? No, I can't sell that. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. I, 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 and I want you to know, Andrew, that she also like straight up doesn't do her job for like two straight days in the middle of that. So like realistically, <laughs> she's only doing this accounting for like meh, four days. Four, four, four days of accounting and she's got the farm figured out. That would yeah. be, a, this woman is a prodigy because holy shit. It takes that long just to, get, to put a, a solid pair of financial statements together, let alone completely understand It would take me that long to start a spreadsheet. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like to figure out how to put a column in there, it would take me that long. <laughs> Man, yeah, wow. I... Again, this book was not awful. I, I know it's coming off as probably pretty terrible, but it was a re- it was readable. It was consumable. Yeah, I, I, I'd like to say for a moment, I I com- I have s- the utmost respect for anyone who actually writes a novel, who actually puts the effort thank in you. to write it. Oh yeah, God, you're, thank you. You're very welcome. This is directed to you specifically. Um, no, no, I I'm truly <laughs> impressed. I think it's fantastic. I think it's quite an accomplishment and. And it is unfortunate when when what you create isn't loved and admired by everybody who reads it. But I still think it's a fantastic accomplishment, and mm-hmm. so I, I wouldn't, I would never have this idea like you shouldn't have written this thing, because yeah. even if it, no, even if it's no, not no. great, it's a it's a wonderful learning experience and it's still an accomplishment. So all this ragging that we're doing. I haven't even read the thing, so I would not feel qualified to actually complain about it. Yeah. <laughs> but, um. So it's all, you know, it's all tongue in cheek. It's just having fun. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I want to make a point on this show for, for it to be like, we're going to give things a ribbing. Right. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, if we're coming from a good place. I do. I do want you to support this author. You know, if this book appeals to you, if you like kind of silly themed romances, head on over. That's wonderful. It's not necessarily my personal cup of tea. Um, but that doesn't mean that these books are not worthwhile, right? Um, I, I just, as a as a writer, I find it technically very interesting when something kind of sticks in my craw a little bit, right? And mm-hmm. I, I want to, like, hammer in there, like, what is what is that? What's doing that? It's kind of like uh, staring at a painting that has too many tangents where too many lines accidentally line up, and it, and it makes your eyes uncomfortable. But someone who's a layman who's not an artist may not recognize what's making them visually uncomfortable it's the same thing when i'm when i'm reading i as a writer recognize when something is not quite lining up how i would do it um and i and i want to drill into that because that's so interesting to me um the the craft is very interesting yeah there but also you know it was just fun Mm -hmm. just fun (laughs) yeah i mean sometimes it's just it's just a silly read and and that's all you're looking for um, pretty much I definitely understand that that aspect of reading something and be like oh I would not have made that decision um, yeah or yeah you know, could have probably cut this out and done something totally different with it if you really like went back and read it yourself or uh, just like ease the way in like did something like just like you know like maybe a little just kind of you know yeah just nudge add it, it, sprinkled in a little nudge the reader in the right direction don't don't just bombshell Some... them with something <laughs> Suddenly, someone has profound emotional abuse problems. Right. Like, you know. <laughs> oh, uh, BT Dubs, uh, major emotional crisis uh, about to happen for no reason. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Which you know, that's just adolescence, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Did they give an age for these people? Uh, she's twenty-four. I think he's twenty-six, twenty-seven. 
Oh, he's yeah. There, there, there's some relative youngins for being. They're spring ma- chickens. Master accountant and the the sole owner of an entire farm. Yeah, That's, I definitely uh, was like, she's twenty four. I'm twenty five. I can't. There's no way. Yeah. What is this? That's uh. She's been a nurse already, and now an accountant. Right. She's twenty four. Been a nurse, helped somebody through medical school, and uh, and is now a great accountant at twenty four. Yeah, I mean that's probably like the, the romance is a little hokey sometimes, but like probably the most like the part where I had trouble like suspending my disbelief was that like. Right. I mean, just realistically. I mean, I guess if if you make it a point to say this is unusual, she is very gifted, uh, then then it's yeah. at least you mentioned it. But you can't just shoehorn in. By the way, master accountant, also a really good nurse. Um, twenty four. Okay, moving on. Moving <laughs> wait, on. Wait, wait, yeah. Wait, pretty much. One of those doesn't belong there. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, I uh, <laughs> I want to close out the episode by uh quoting. What I thought was just ugh, the piece de resistance of mm. of this book, the really just oh the the choicest nug <laughs> that came at the end when he he is apologizing and he's begging her to come back to this relationship that they've had for like three days, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I just felt it really encapsulated the book and kind of the hokiness and also just the the fun of the book, um, and it is. <laughs> I love you more than my truck, my housekeeper, my family farm, even my pride. Wow. From, Incredible. Yeah, page 278. It's really oh. just stunning. Remarkable. He laid it uh, all out. He just... He did. He really... Oh, that's... He wrote half of a country song. That's heartfelt. Yeah, he got all... He hit all the country song beats, that's for sure. <laughs> I would love for someday for a man to tell me that he loves me more than his housekeeper. <laughs> yeah, wait. Do I just shoot that? What does that mean? What have you done with his housekeeper? <laughs> well, his housekeeper in the book is kind of like his mom, but out of context, it really is like super messed up. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm sure I'm missing a lot of context. But, uh. <laughs> All righty, Andrew. Did you have fun? I did. This is this is really fun. I enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> It's not as uh, strenuous as as it uh, as I make it out to be, I suppose. <laughs> no, I just get to listen to you tell me silly things and then uh, make fun of it. It's fun. <laughs> and then cringe as I try and talk about accounting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> All right, uh, Andrew. Do you have anything you want to plug? Oh sure. Uh, I I as Abigail mentioned, I did uh, record. The intro to, uh, and I guess outro. The to, banging to intro. The, the banging intro to this uh, this podcast, and and that was fun. Thanks for letting me do that for you. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Um, it's so jazzy and so sensual. Oh, thanks. Really, really nailed it home. But uh, yeah, I do. I do record music. I I used to be in a band, so if if you're interested in hearing sort of a, a comedy album that I wrote with my old band Groove, you can find us at groove.bandcamp.com and that's groove g-r-u-v because we're better than everyone i guess um we unfortunately you know when i moved to la we don't play together anymore but i still like to put some stuff up on my youtube channel every once in a while my uh screen name is zorgox 13 z-o-r-g-o-x one three um 
So you can find you me made there. that awfully searchable. Very searchable. Please, please look me up and please don't look at anything more than one year old because I can't vouch for it being any good anymore. But I, I still leave it up. So feel free. <laughs> Enter at your own risk. Yep. That's that's what I say. Exactly. Uh, Paige recently um, inadvertently discovered my uh, old fan fiction page. Um, and and because I, I, I received a very, very sweet message from somebody who was asking me very very nicely if i was ever going to come back to writing fan fiction and uh, bless her heart i had to be like y'all like i'm like i've got like four books on the burner right now like i'm (laughs) not 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 at the moment um but i i sent it to her because i I wanted to share that it was a very sweet message and i didn't censor my uh my the name of the the thing she was talking about rookie mistake and uh it was it was a rookie mistake. I thought about it, but then I was like, I've probably shared this with her before. She probably knows. Well, of course, Paige immediately is like, Aha! I've found your fanfiction profile! <laughs> Finally, after all these years! <laughs> and I'm like, oh, great. So she looks, and, and I was like, you can read them, but, like, I started publishing fanfiction when I was, like, nine. So, you know, <laughs> f- read at your own risk, Just dog. put like, your bar real low and and build it up from there. You know, assume it's it's horrible, please. Please assume, assume it's, it's horrible. <laughs> unreadable and also assume that there's some like really messed up content in there that I thought was like totally OK when I was like 14. <laughs> and like looking back, I'm like, oh, God. Exactly. Um, <laughs> you know, just. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> so so I forgot where I was going with that. I just got, oh, the idea of anyone finding my, my fan fiction. But yes, I, I understand <laughs> wanting to keep these things up and yet telling people that you you will not like it. Do not do not engage. Yeah, just be careful. Um, you know, don't go in with any expectation that's any good and maybe be pleasantly surprised. I'll I'll or I'll work with pleasantly surprised. Be, be find out that uh, years later that your cousin inadvertently was a fan of your fan fiction, not realizing that it was you who was writing it. Yeah, uh, like I found out one time. Yeah, from my cousin. Wouldn't that be awful? Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it happens. Very universal experience. It happens to everybody. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, <laughs> nickel for every time. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um. <laughs> so I guess that I'm gonna enter the plug zone now. Uh, so you know where to find me. Uh, it is at Kingdom Thirst on Instagram, Kingdom Thirst on Twitter, Kingdom Thirst on uh, Facebook now. I hate Facebook. I hate Mark Zuckerberg. I kind of wish that he'd get hit by a boat, but you know, <laughs> uh, certain things need to, you need to make certain concessions in this, uh, fast paced world of ours. So I made a Facebook page. I resent it heartily. I resent the fact that they keep trying to make me buy ads. I'm not going to. But, you know, you, you could help me stick it to Mark Zuckerberg by liking my page anyway and interacting with me on there so he can see that I ain't going to give him a dime and I'm still going to get those freaking likes, baby. Oh, you're still going to um, get those moms. All yeah. the moms on oh. Facebook. And he's not going to get a dime. I don't think those moms appreciate how often I use the swears. Ooh, this, oh, is a, this is a pretty tame one. I, I think I think yeah, this like one. one swear. I got like 10 minutes into the orc one and I asked if Kat would fucking orc. So at like top volume. So, well, you know. Ooh, that, get that E on there right away. Just yep. that explicit yep. tag. Every on. single one of them. Yeah. Explicit. Just make it easy. Um, but uh, so, so like me there, stick it to Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, stick it to me if you want. You can send me hate mail. I don't care. Yeah, please um, do. 
Uh, then, thanks, Andrew. Yeah, and also send it, to, like, just fill my YouTube comments with the hate mail that you send to her so I can read it. Do it. Do it. That'd Write a manifesto and put it in his, his comments yeah. on YouTube. <laughs> um, but uh, you can also email me at kingdomofthirst at gmail.com. You can email me through the, uh, like, email manager, like, system thing I have on our website, which is kingdomofthirst.com, if you're more comfortable with that for, you know, whatever reason. I don't know you. I don't know your life. I don't know your situation. Hmm. Um, you can also find our bookshop account. So bookshop.org. We have an affiliate account, which means that everything I can find on there that we feature on the podcast is there. Some things are Amazon exclusives or just out of print and are no longer able to be purchased there. But the things that are, are there. And if you purchase them through our bookshop account, you then help support the author. You help support indie bookstores. And you help support the podcast a little bit. Just a little. But, like, a little bit from a lot of people makes a lot. So get on it. You all make a difference Um, collectively. Exactly. Um, you know, don't don't use the word collective too much because then people will think we're commies and we can't have that. But okay. individually, but standing next to each other. Individually, put your money in a pit and then <laughs> tell me where that pit is so that I can go get it. There Thank we go. You. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. I'm trying to think. Do I have anything else? Uh, no, I shouted out. Ooh, 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 ooh. Um, another author that was mentioned in the Alien episode, Aliens, episode 12 uh, with Fred. Victoria Aveline is having a book that should be should be out, I think, by the time this comes out, maybe even the week this comes out. Um, uh, hold on. It's her series, the one with the name that I cannot pronounce. Uh, with uh, The first one is Choosing Theo. The second one is Freeing Luca. And the third one (gasps) come on come on bring it home oh my god we'll get there i'm shaking saving Verraco is the is the third one that's coming out um let me see what day is that coming out all right release date is at some point in the future maybe january 6th yeah so this should probably be coming out uh the same week so Get on it. It'll be on Kindle Unlimited, I'm sure. If not, um, it will be on her website um, and various other uh, book places. So, that's it. Everybody, all the books mentioned will be in the description. If you liked this book that we talked about today, Accounting for Love, a Western Romance, good for you. Enjoy it. Andrew, thank you for being on. Uh, if you need recommendations, you just let me know. I got you the hookup. I got it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, and uh, thanks for opening up my eyes to the possibility of an accounting genre in romance. I cannot wait to. You could write. You could write it. That's true. I could make a whole D and D campaign. That's concept is accounting and romance beautifully married. Do it. I'm getting Do ideas. it. You have one now about a, about a goose. So, this you know, like, you know, I, <laughs> anything is anything possible. Anything is possible. <laughs> All righty. Well, we're going to say goodbye. We'll catch you again next Wednesday in the future or many Wednesdays in the future, whenever you listen to this, really, because that's how podcasts work. Uh, but, yeah, this is it. This is the end of the podcast. Andrew, say goodbye. Bye. Bye.
拜拜。